Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Today I have the privilege of having Vlad Katz. He is the CEO of Five Doors, one of like the premier real estate teams in the world. Vlad, thanks so much for coming on the program. It is my pleasure, Omar. Vlad, what astounds me is uh, in one respect how easy real estate is and at the same time it's so complex because we have to deal with human beings most challenging of all we have to deal with our own stuff first thing i want to ask you is you were the number one recruiter for keller williams worldwide what did that look like how did you find the right candidates and make them successful (laughs) oh yes that how did i do that so first of all um what i knew is, is that those the people that i was looking for the real estate agents in the Baltimore area um, were the were the agents who wanted more. And here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you mentioned just a, a second ago, is that we all have to deal with our own kind of stuff, yes. right? And you know, it's welcome to be human. Right? You can't be human and not be dealing with humanity. Yes. And so I knew that the conversation in the real estate community was not based on validity. It was based on popularity. What do you mean by that? Well, think about it. In most of the conversations in most of the real estate communities, I don't want to generalize mm-hmm. too much, right? Uh, it You're was talking pres- uh, within realtors themselves or with uh, clients? I, both. Both, okay. Both. It's, um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's based on I like this person versus I like that person. Hey, who do you like as your realtor? Oh, I like this person as a realtor. Okay. Uh, oh man, they're really cool or they're really funny or they're really fill in the blank. Right. And that's, in my opinion, that's a popularity based conversation. Nothing wrong with it. It's just what it is. However, when you think about business and when you think about business, uh, popularity in business does not matter as much as validity does. And by validity, you mean? By validity, I mean a scoreboard with the results. Numbers. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, you know, we're we're about to witness the biggest uh, football game of the year, right? In Super Bowl, right? And uh, no matter whether you think that Tom Brady's popular, you know, Tom Brady's valid. Yep, he's going to deliver because yeah, he does Super Bowl. what he needs to do. Yeah, ninth Super Bowl, can't take that away from him, and he may win his sixth which would be a big deal, right? Like even five is a big deal. So um, in when we opened Keller Williams Legacy here in Pikesville, Pikesville, Maryland, um, we knew that we had a big mission, we had mm-hmm. a big vision. And underneath of it all, we knew that the way to, to, to bring that mission and vision to fruition was we were going to change the conversation from a popularity-based conversation to a validity-based conversation, from a, from a simple conversation to a business conversation. How did you get people to uh, really reveal themselves? Because sometimes, you know, we can all talk a good game, especially mm-hmm. if we're hiring salespeople, is what we're talking about. But how did you separate people that... Uh, 
were the real deal versus uh, pretending and also people that perhaps didn't think they were salespeople but had those traits that were essential and they became really successful. So how did you sort that out? See, I believe that uh, people grow in the conversation, people grow into conversations you create around them. Okay, so how did we separate? Is we brought them into a productivity specific environment mm -hmm. and when somebody is in a productivity specific environment, now they have a chance to increase their production. Right. Okay. So if, if you think about separation, it usually happens on the field. How do you know somebody is going to play the game? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, some people don't even want to play the game, but most people do. Right. But how do you know whether they're going to perform or not if you put them in the game? Absolutely. I want to ask you about a lot of people come into the real estate business and some people stay and have a, you know, a good life and some people just become superstars and some people stay way too long because they're really not doing it but they don't give up. So the question I have for you is this, how do we get people to first identify that the right people for this industry and B, how do we get them to be successful faster? So I believe that anyone, and I truly mean anyone, can be successful in this industry. The reason I love real estate industry mm -hmm. is because it is the only industry that I've been a part of and that I've researched, and I've been a part of many industries and researched even more, that truly does not have a ceiling. Okay, it does not, like, you know, think about it in the technology world, there's a really high ceiling of knowledge and information. Right? Yes. And then financing, right? In the medical profession, really high ceiling. So the entry bar is low to come into here. Anybody can be in here and anyone can succeed. Now, I think that one of the biggest determinants of whether somebody succeeds or not is a who. You see, a Meaning? lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's who they surround themselves with. Okay. Who is their leader? Who is their coach? Who is pouring into them? Right. Okay. And, you know, anyone can get in, but not everybody finds a who. And then on top of that, our industry is, is also doesn't focus on who's. Our industry focuses on how and mm -hmm. what. Very few real estate professionals are walking around asking who is the person that can help me get to the level, next level of success. Most of us look at YouTube for how, yes. attend trainings for how and what. Most of the conversations is, hey, what CRM are you using? Yes. Okay. Hey, how, how is your <laughs> listing presentation or can you show me the listing presentation? Hey, how did you overcome that objection rather than who can pour into me? Who can I pour into? Okay. With whom can I have a business relationship in order to move both of our needles forward? That makes sense. It's all about that human relationship yeah. and that human condition. You guys are doing a good job here. How many agents in this office? Uh, 400. 400? Let's say you got a mandate. No more Keller Williams. You have to start a brand new uh, <laughs> endeavor. But you get to break all the old molds. Mm -hmm. You get to redesign this process from ground zero. I'm sure you'll adopt some of the things you do at Keller, but there's probably some things you'd say, okay, these are the sacred cows I'm going to uh, sacrifice. How would you, what would be three things you'd do differently that would allow people to be more successful? Three things that I would do differently to, cre to create more success for our people. Umar, that's a really great question, a really tough one, I'll be honest with you. 
Um, and the reason I ask this before you go on to give you some time to think about it is that Keller Williams I like a lot because they really take that human condition and that self-development is really, really important. And yet, there are still agents that are part of the Keller Williams system that could be doing so much better. So sometimes when we are doing a particular industry, we get to, we become the prisoner of our history. And the people that revolutionize things come in and say, we're going to throw the rule book away. Like, a bad example is Uber and taxis. What if we didn't own the taxis? What if this? What if that? Yeah. And initially, people should have said, you can't do that. There's laws and all that. So any ideas what you yeah. do differently to get more? S- so I don't think it would be differently. It's actually what we're doing in Five Doors now. Right. And what Keller Williams is doing with Gary Keller taking over as the CEO recently, it's one of the beautiful things that this company has done over the last decade, almost the last decade, with John Davis as the VP of growth and then CEO, president and CEO, was focus on growth. Yep. And I think that we have reached a critical mass, if you will, within a company. So uh, there's about 2 million real estate professionals in the United States. So just to give you an idea of critical mass, right? Like Keller Williams is the biggest real estate company ever, like in North America, yes. ever, ever to exist, right? And that's about 180, 170, 180,000 real estate professionals. The industry in the United States is two million. It's about ten percent of yeah, all realtors at Keller Williams. It, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not even ten percent, right? Yeah. So the reason I say it's critical mass is because we've had so much focus on growth as a company that we've reached that critical mass. And Gary Keller is amazing at focusing on agents' production. Yes. So we've reached that mass, critical mass in size even though we're far from you know, 50%, right, or 30%. And now they, what was missing before was now the focus on making sure that everybody can produce. Now the focus right now currently is producing through technology tools. Yes. Right? Because we're a tech company essentially, right? And that's gonna help alleviate a lot of pains for real estate professionals. And when pain is alleviated, this is my, this is my understanding and my experience, they're able to function in their sweet spot, right? In that strong zone, like strength zone, right? Right. So that's gonna make them more productive. That's one of the focuses for us in Five Doors. We have almost 200 members around the country. And for us, it's like, it's not just about having 200 members. It's how do you make sure two, all 200 members do one to two transactions a month, each and every month. So it's not enough just to do it once. So you're talking 200 agents? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we are essentially a membership organization where where uh, real estate professionals join. Like the Shriners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So so that would be one of the things, and it's already happening. Is now let's focus on uh, on production because we have the size. And by the way, like imagine what would happen to this company. So we're not not only are we number one in. Um, in the in uh, United States, in North America, in agents, in number of agents, we're also number one in volume. We're also number one in transactions. Yes. What would happen if now we started focusing more time on transactions? On transactions, like yeah. it would just distance. So the same thing again, like five doors. We're growing fast. We're adding you know, 10, 20 members a month. 
okay, since I became the CEO. And now it's about, all right, how do we make sure that everybody is producing? Because at the end of the day, our mission is building generational wealth through real estate. And that is possible only after. Yeah. Exactly. They they meet their financial obligations for mortgage, rent, you know, kids in school, et cetera, et cetera. There's, et cetera. there's lots of data that shows that uh, money is a huge motivator if you're not getting your needs met. That's it. And as soon as you get them met, it just wanes off very, very quickly. Of course. And it, it, it totally makes sense because we are not on this planet to make as much money as possible. Like, um, you know, you don't have to be religious or spiritual necessarily, but like, I believe that God does not look down on us, you know, when we're born and says, Umar, you're going to be the best salesperson ever or Vlad you're going to be the best KW team leader ever no we're here to make a difference in fact taking one step further we're here to maximize the difference that we can make on this ball of fire and we can't make a big difference for others until we're taken care of it's like they say on an airplane right before you put a mask on somebody else make sure that you're breathing and also, I like the punchline from Southwest. If you have two children, figure out which one you love most. Exactly. <laughs> it's just hilarious. So <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question. I have three, so yeah. for me, it's a tougher choice. <laughs> By the way, congratulations on the three. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so one of the challenging areas for uh, realtors are when you go from a solo person doing your own production and you decide, I want a team. That's a different skill set. Uh, what would be some of the questions you'd ask someone before they do something so foolhardy like that? Because sometimes it's ill-advised, Ill right? If you don't have the right skill set to lead, this is not going to end well for ev anyone. So how do you help people realize that they've got the skills they need or these are the skills that are missing and this is how you need to get them? Yeah. First coach I, I, I hired, um, Tony DeSello, back in the day, um, well, actually, he probably hired me. It was, uh, he told me, when I told him that I want to build a team, he's like, Vlad, don't build a team, build a business. That's then, huge. Then that, need, then that needs a team to support it. And I think that most real estate professionals, especially in today's day and age, are too hyped up on building teams. It's not about teams, it's about businesses. You see a business, you know, if, if anybody listening has not read the cash flow quadrant, mm -hmm. you know, that's just a must read book for any aspiring business owner. Um, in it, or Kiyosaki talks about the litmus test for a business. Right. You see, most, most real estate professionals believe that they have a business, and they technically they do in the legal structure, an S-Corp, an LLC, right? It's a business, and it's, uh, you know, even we talk about, like, how is your business, how is that business, et cetera. However, the litmus test is what happens to your business's income if you leave for good reasons or bad reasons for six months? And what would you say, Umar, would happen to most real estate agents' income if they had to go, let's say, to Australia for... It would go down very, zero or very low very quickly. Yeah. So that, by the way... That's not that, a business. That means it's not a business. Yeah. And it's not good or bad. It's just like business, business does not require you. So if the business does not require you, that means it requires other people. Yes. 
right? So for the reason we want to build a business and then have a team to support it, right, is because at the end of the day, the business has to function without you. But first it's the business, then it's the team. So I think great companies and real estate companies really come down to if people are there to support you, Umar, you're the boss, and we're going to do this for you. Oh my God, and that's go. the worst thing that can And happen. if you can get them to go, it's about the organization and what do I need to do to make the organization better. And then it's all about their peers. People will do more for their peers than they'll do for the leader. Oh, my God. And I think if we can get people to get that, then people go above and beyond the call of duty because if they don't, they feel like they've let the team down, and that's a stronger motivator than I let Umar down. My God, you're so spot on. Uh, my business partner and friend, Seth Campbell, is a mentor of mine, um, he taught me a long time ago that there's two types of organizations. There is the centralized organization mm -hmm. and there's a decentralized organization. Centralized organization uh, is one genius surrounded by a thousand helpers. Yep. In a decentralized organizational model, it's a thousand geniuses with one helper, okay? And the question becomes, so when we look at real estate teams, which model are they operating in, right? right. And the loyalty, so like this is a really important word, right? It, you pinpointed, it's really awesome, is the, if the loyalty is to the leader, it's not to the mission. And I believe that talent in this industry or in anywhere is attracted to the mission, not to the leader. And it is leader's job to develop a mission. It is leader's job to communicate a mission, okay? It is not people's job to follow the leader. It is their jobs to make sure the mission comes to life. So I'll give you my version of uh, definition of a great leader, what the response, which align perfectly with that, but worded differently. First and foremost, to have a compelling vision that inspires people to go beyond their limitations because they're excited by it. Number two, which is probably the harder one, is how do you build a culture where people are selfless? It's not about me and my ego. It's about how can I contribute to this organization to fulfill that uh, vision? And then the third one is, if you're a leader, how do I grow long-term shareholder value for this organization so it stands the test of time? And most people don't do that because the team isn't strong and they get dragged down into operations and decisions because Bill's fighting with Susie and this isn't getting done and then you're actually just the uh, the janitor for the entire place. You're the, right, you're the genius surrounded by a thousand helpers and everybody's bringing you their problems, whether they're personal or, or, or professional, and you're the genius that has to solve it. And sometimes we have a genius combined with a savior complex. Yep. And then, you know, forget about it. You're stuck. And sometimes you've got someone who is really smart and inspirational, and they get forced into that role. And there's other people that uh, cling onto that yeah. role, and it's like, it's all about me, and I'm awesome. And if you, you've read the book, uh, Good to Great. Yep. Yeah. And, the, and the difference between good companies and great companies is great companies, leaders built organizations, it's about the organization yeah. and the culture and not about me. Mm -hmm. And of course, the companies, the other ones, it's like, I am a genius and you should follow me. Yeah. You and guys would be nowhere without me, right? 
Yeah, and now, now think about you know th- th- how we started this conversation: popularity versus validity. All right, it's like most people want to be popular rather than be valid, and so in popularity, you know, it appeals to the ego. I mean, you're NLP one NLP. Tell me about the. Uh, I'm losing the word. The, genius the, guru, right? The NLP. Like I wanted <laughs> it's to. Only I wa- kidding, folks. I wanted to bring up yeah. your like. Yes. It's not even just a certification. Like you are one an of the understanding of human beings, beings. right? And it's it's such a powerful methodology for that. Like you get it. And I know you know the best. You know the best thing I love about NLP, which a lot of people have uh, shied away from. One of the core rules of NLP is this is the best way we know now, but there's probably a better way out there. And when you have that kind of mindset, no matter what you do, you improve. As soon as you get the, this is the only way, this is the best way, then you might as well just pack up your tents and go home. Limited, yeah, versus unlimited, totally. So it's uh, it, 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 like in, in, the real estate per, in the real estate segment, because most people, it's like, it, man, it's like there's ego that yes. comes with popularity, and usually with validity, there's not as much of it. It's kind of like has a control on it. And then when you build a company, when you build a team that's rooted in a big mission, in a big vision, and is and is solidified in validity, like listen, how do you know you're 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 meeting your mission and your vision? You look at numbers. At the end of the day, there has to be some tangible evidence behind you moving forward or somebody moving forward towards their mission towards their vision listen it can it, it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be in business like if i want for example if i say i want to be the best father you could ask me how many hours a week do you spend with your kids absolutely you know and it would how many then, of your kids I are told you 45 yeah. minutes per week you may be like well is that actually enough for you to be the best father and then and then I'd be like, well, if I want to be best father, it's probably going to be time on task yes. that I have to spend because, you know, with three kids, that's 15 minutes each. Like, so let me push back on that. Absolutely. So uh, how good a father you are is 100% measured by how happy and productive your children are, I would think. At least that would be one measure. And so you could have a father that is spending 40 hours a week with their kids, disciplined, stern, pointing out mistakes, and the kids would be like on my therapist's couch. So I think there's hours, but there's also results, right? Because ultimately, so how good a leader you are in five doors, I think transactions are, are one measure, how well you guys do. Also, how long agents stay in five doors? And also, you know, what does it feel like when you walk in this place? Is it like passion and aliveness and joy uh, are also measures of how well you do as a leader, right? I would imagine. And if all of that is in place and the company is not producing the results, then, then maybe I'm not the best leader. Maybe I'm the best cheerleader. Yes. Yeah, maybe I'm a just you throw a really, a really good party. Yeah, maybe I'm a really good guy. Maybe I re- I give really great hugs, which I do. Okay, we'll find out at the end yeah. of this uh, <laughs> good. interview. It's I believe that as leaders, our the way that we measure effectiveness of our leadership is by the results our people are producing. All right. Agreed. Now, going back to the, I think that you're so right about that. Um, 
uh, and thank you for pushing back on me on the on the parenthood and the and the minutes. I, I, as you were talking, what popped into my head was if when it comes to leadership or being the best, even the best parent, it's it's not necessarily the time on task. It's the effectiveness of that time on task or communication that I have with my kids. Now, if I don't spend any time with my kids, how effective can my, my communication be? And Absolutely. to your point, I can spend 40 hours a week with them and you know, and yell at them and you know, deprive them of everything. And so the time is there, yet the effectiveness of communication is not there. And so, I think that number one challenge for most leaders who want to be, or most people who want to be leaders who are getting started on a leadership path is they don't get yet how important is effect, how important is their communication. And that's one of the things I love about NLP and other programs is that it unlocks their blind spots. Absolutely. Done, right? Like communication is like what you and me are doing. We're just having a conversation. Right? It just so happens that, you know, other people will be listening to it later. Eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. So here's my definition of, you know, how to build a really good team. Every single human being on earth has a purpose in life, but most people don't know what it is. And when you help somebody uncover their purpose and you make that the mission for their, their team, they, tend, they become authentically living and breathing what that is. And then from that, you say, okay, from that mission, what is a goal we can put in the future that's worth going? And that's when the numbers and tangible stuff yep. come out. And then to add to that, if we figured out, Vlad's, your deepest values at an unconscious level, what's really important for you, what defines your humanity, and then we made those the values for the company, we took the criteria. So let's say one of your values, let's say, was something like... Uh, I can tell you my three, like you can wake me tell up. Me your the, three, tell me right, your three values. They're really simple. They're really simple. Number one is growth mindset. Number two? A, number two is heart. And number three is results. Okay, so let me... So, oh, heart. So that could mean different things to different people. So if I asked you this question, Vlad, how would you know you are living and breathing that heartness? What would you be able to see, hear, or physically touch that would let you know you're on track? For, all right, so for me, what would I, what I would see in me or in other, pre, in other people? In the team and you, like what would you be able to see that so would give for, you tangible, uh, we're on track? So for me, heart has two parts. Yes. Part number one, the left valve, the right valve, no. Sure. I don't know which one is which, <laughs> Me but either. sure. So number one is we leave our heart on the field. Yes. Like we, we get stuff done because we said we're going to get it done. We're going to get it done no matter what. Like we play this full out. This is remember the Titans kind of sure. heart yeah. on the field. Yeah, love that. Play yeah. full out. Okay. Play full out. Just number two? Number two is hard to serve. So we are here to make a difference for others. Brilliant. And number three. No, number three. Just okay. Two. So let's go back to the number two. Mm-hmm. We're here to serve. How would you know that you're being of service to your agents and to your clients? Uh, so our agents are our clients. How would I see that? Is so on the heart to serve is that they they are giving back to their communities. So we see that. Yes. We see that on Facebook. We see that in fundraisers. 
we see that like you know for example you know one of our uh, one of our uh, partners Jeff Payne is in Flo- uh, lives in Panama City that was hit really hard by hur- Hurricane Michael yes right and so uh, he he came up with an idea and it was around Christmas idea for a toy drive for kids in Panama City whose houses were destroyed who were not going to have Christmas Umar it was like within a week we and he created a goal of like I don't know 5,000 bucks so he can buy a bunch of toys or something like that within a week we exceeded that goal like and then Facebook was splattered with with toy deliveries and trucks and all of that stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. So I love that. And I think just asking that question, what are my values mm-hmm. and what's the criteria? Because when you have agents underneath you, then you need to communicate with them so they know when they're on task and when they're not. And I think when you have that, you've got that purpose and you're heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. You've got a goal of, I'm going to do 1,000 transactions this year. And... By the way, nobody is excited by those goals. No team member. You know that. Absolutely. No teams are excited by that goal. And then the values keep everybody on track and in alignment so you don't go out of value. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can get caught up in the goal and become an asshole. Or shut down or whatever. So, Vlad... Those types of goals, by the way, are about the leader. Yes. Not about the team. Agreed. Vlad, before we part company, a couple of things. Number one... As you're talking to agents and other leaders out there in different companies, what's the message you want to leave them so they can improve their results and get better and make the entire industry better? Focus on leadership skills. Brilliant. Any last thoughts, comments before we part company? In wh- on which topic? Just anything that you say, you know, I, I wish people would X or I'd like to just uh, let them know where Five Doors is or whatever you'd like to share. Here's one of the one of the lessons that I learned in, on my leadership journey, especially in the world of real estate, and I see it outside of the industry as well, Omar. Um, I believe that when we're growing a team, we're growing a business, is we create business partnerships with those who are on our team. They may not be legally partners with us, but they are partners with us because mm-hmm. just like you pointed out, it's like we're on the way to the mission. So Five Doors, the mission is building generational wealth through real estate. Like that's our passion. That's what we're walking towards, running towards. Okay, and and when you when you when you take on the fact that the people around you are your partners in this business, okay, you then start making sure. That first and foremost, just to echo you, is there is a mission alignment. Yes. It's like, this is why we're on this planet. I want to save the dolphins and you want to save the dolphins. Great. We're a match. Then there is a vision alignment. Is we're going in the same direction because it's possible to save the dolphins in one ocean and it's possible to save the dolphins in another ocean. Nothing wrong with either of the oceans, but it's like we're going in the same direction. So at Five Doors, we're a world-class sales organization. If somebody doesn't like sales, it's probably not the right place for somebody to be. Where somebody understands that building generational wealth is possible, is gonna be possible for us through, be, through being a world-class sales organization, perfect, okay? And only then, we talk about role alignment. In this industry, there is way too much role conversation and not enough mission and vision conversations. And we jump into like, oh, you want to be a buyer agent? Great. I need. I have a bunch of buyer leads. Oh, you, you know. Yep. 
I don't have anybody to do administrative work, you look great, why don't you do administrative work for me? We skip to the role, or even worse, we go to the last match, which is compensation. Uh, I can only work for $40,000 a year, or I can only work for $50,000 a year. Well, is it possible to make the money that you want and hate the organization that you're in and hate the role you're in? Yes, it happens to a lot of Americans each and every day. Okay. However, that would not happen if mission match and was vision. in play, vision match was in play, and then they were only then you can talk about the right role. That's brilliant. Uh, Vlad, thanks so much for sitting down with me. Umar, it's my pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 